and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with an Olympics roundup. We are watching Princess Diaries 2, A Royal Engagement. <laughs> and we're also questioning how long it takes someone to turn into Pamela Anderson. We're asking the important questions this yeah. week. Before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Head into the Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at the Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Tea Time is checking in with the end of the Olympics. We're wrapping up. Can't believe it's here so soon. Before we get into this, I just wanted to plug a Ringer podcast really quick. If you can't get enough Olympics content, the Ringer Guide to the Summer Games is hosted by Roger Sherman and it's very funny, very smart and educational about all things like, you know, Olympics and taking like very interesting moments or sports or stories. So I'd encourage you to check that out. Cool. Okay. So the tea time version is our hot Olympian watch. So let's do that. I was going to say the, uh, (laughs) the angle that Roger doesn't have covered. We've got it. Um, only just, I just have a couple people to shout out and then we're just going to get into a larger discussion. My two girls this week, you guys, they both just showed out on the same night. My Twitter just took a real turn for the worse. Uh, (laughs) first of all, Sydney McLaughlin, us hurdler. She's Mm. 21. She is the most unbothered gold medalist I've ever seen. First of all, she's beautiful. She's got the abs of steel. But like there was something about the way that she won her gold medal in the hurdles where she like it was just like a jog in the park. Mm -hmm. She broke the world record. She won. She looked at the thing. She was like, great. And there's some and obviously they're happy, but there's just something about where they're just like, yeah, that was what I was supposed to do. And I did it. And you're welcome, America, that I'm just like, yes. Wow, I need to know everything about you. So yeah. big fan of her. Loved that experience. And then on the same night, the South Korean women's volleyball team upset Turkey. I love an upset. Mm. They were ranked 14th. Turkey <laughs> was ranked 4th. And they were led by Kim Yun-kyung, who is my 6'4 queen. Wow. Uh, I was I was aware of her before because she's like extremely famous in Korea. And a lot mm. of like the K-pop idols that I follow are like volleyball fans. Oh, so like okay. they're fans of her, which is very cute to watch. Um, but she is just extremely tall and fabulous and uh, <laughs> just great. I enjoyed watching that game very much. Um, so unfortunately, I think they play Brazil next. So that's maybe the um. end of their run. 
Um, mm. But yeah, great stuff from those two. Now, Amelia, I know you have a general question about just like Olympics thirst watch. Yeah, I have a couple questions, actually. Um, why has there been a lack of thirstiness? Has anyone else noticed this? Because usually yes. they have People Magazine articles like the 10 hottest Olympians like in and out of the pool. Um, are we over objectifying them? Like, are we done with that? I'm, I just need to know. I need to take temperatures on this because I don't want to be the only person who's out here like still being horny over these Olympians. You, you got me, Kate. baby. It's you and me. I swear I saw a page six headlines about hottest Olympians, oh. but I'm too scared to Google oh. sexy Olympians on my work computer. Oh, okay. So you'll just have to trust me on it. I don't want to. That's where we that. differ, Elizabeth. That's where I, we differ. I swear <laughs> I saw one, but you're right. I feel like people is normally all over that. So right? in and out of the pool. That's very, very clever. It's exactly right. I agree. Idea. And I think this ties into Amelia's next question, which is about like why we haven't had that many like viral moments. I either. don't get it. Here's my theory. The U.S. has just kind of sucked. Oh. And I think that the like splashier athletes from the U.S. and like the sort of the marquee events. Yeah. Women's soccer team got kicked out. Simone Biles, of course, like had her issues and she came through and won right. anyway. And like that was great. But like she didn't, you know, perform yeah. as expected. Kaylee Decky got beat, which was like the most viral swimming right. moment sure. so far. Obviously, she right. won a million other things. But like, I, you know, the basketball team has sucked. Like, I think oh, right. True. I think that the U.S. has just huh. kind of underperformed in certain areas that yeah. we were expected to dominate. That's true. And so it's like, we're not going to be out here talking about how hot Megan Rapinoe was during her winning penalty kick <laughs> yeah, because she true. didn't make it, you know? So we, like, no, no shade to them. Like, no, no, obviously no. these athletes are performing under unbelievable pressure in a very weird year. And but I think I that think, has to do with it. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I just think part of it is like, well, they lost. So like, what is there to really talk sure. about? That's uh, true. Some of these. Except I do. It's interesting. I was looking on Instagram the other day and it was like, Caleb Dressel won five gold medals. And I was like, that's a lot of gold medals. <laughs> and he is like traditionally a handsome, like hot guy. I have seen some stuff about him. Leslie Jones. Okay. I don't know if you remember her yes, Olympics commentary from How can we uh, several years ago. She was like going through it on TikTok uh, with him, which I also think maybe <laughs> okay. is part of it. Like the thirst is just like on different platforms. Yes. Now, okay. You know? Yep. Yes. You're right. TikTok has been very thirsty for the Olympics. It's just maybe not so much like on Twitter, maybe. And I don't Um, really venture over to TikTok a bunch. Right, right. My other thing is that I think NBC has been ignoring the non-US athletes a lot. (sighs) Yeah. You know, like instead of showing the bronze medalist from China, they'll cut Mm -hmm. away to like a US athlete in another sport. And so like when the US is winning less, then suddenly it's like, why aren't we seeing the other foreign athletes on our television on primetime? And then it's like, we're not discovering all these winners from other countries that we could be. That's true. So I also think that's a little, I mean, not that that, I mean, we can discover them on our own and there are a million places to watch the Olympics, but I'm like, NBC isn't really helping us find like these new, the new Usain Bolt or like the new new foreign athletes that we don't know about already. That's so I watched a lot of Michael Phelps commentary on NBC and not a lot of anything else. That's that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know it kind of listen, makes me depressed, but yeah. I mean, listen, the true thirsty ones will persevere and like we will that's, find there you go. Uh, <laughs> the people there's, regardless. There's a, will, there's a way. I yeah. believe in us. <laughs> but yeah, it's taken some digging this year. I I, I agree. <sighs> it's sad. It's really sad. Also, on that note, are we yay or nay on the Olympic rings tattoos that Olympians get? Let, <laughs> let me just say that I... Under, I mean, hello, I, I will never be an Olympian and that's okay. And, and very few people are Olympians. However, we need to talk about the Olympic rings tattoos because they okay, are- Okay, I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> I'm so glad. They're not Here's cute. my thing. My hot take on this is that if you're not a medalist, you don't deserve the tattoo. Like oh if you have a tattoo, God. you can't get it until you have a medal. <sighs> I could not have disagree a medal, with you more. Oh my If you have a medal, then you can get the tattoo. And then for the rest of your life, you can be like, yes, I'm an Olympian. Like, here's my hardware. (laughs) My But if you just like stepped into Tokyo and placed eighth in the decathlon, (gasps) I I don't, you don't, I don't think you should be tattooing that on your body. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. Are you actually joking, Kate? That's how I feel. That's the most (laughs) egregious take I've ever heard. Not only are there qualifiers like fucking for years up until, and then you get there and you have to qualify again. The amount of things you had, the hurdle. No pun intended. You have to do to get there onto that. 
international stage Mm -hmm. is actually incredible. If I even, if someone at the Olympics blinked at me, I would get an Olympic set too. It just is your right as a human being. Wow. That's fair. I'm not saying it makes sense, but that's how I feel. Oh my God, that's insane. (laughs) Wow. Also, I agree that that they're ugly also. They're really. They're not ugly. They're not Uh, ugly. uh, Oh my God. (laughs) You're deranged. (laughs) Wow. You know, the the little rings like in the inner arm doesn't do it for you on these. Wow. No. I think it's the color. I'm not a big fan of the color. The color's bad. Like, this is unbelievable. I can understand that. you too. (laughs) (laughs) I get it if like Michael Phelps got it. Like, yeah, of course. But like, you know, I don't know. (laughs) One Michael Phelps every billion years. Everybody else deserves other, their Olympic moments as well. That's fine. You know, get the tattoos that you want to get. But I've said my piece. Fine. To unify us all, let's go through some general highlights of the Olympics, Kate. Obviously, again, like it's a weird year. People have not been able to participate who should have been like Shikari Richardson was eliminated for just really stupid reasons, (sighs) Mm -hmm. you know, just really a lot of difficulties. But I did want to note there was a highlight that I noticed while watching volleyball and they were talking about how a lot of the athletes or several of the athletes could only participate because of the extended time. Um, Mm. Faluka Akinradawo from the U.S. women's volleyball team had a baby and she's been in like, I think three Olympics in a row. She's incredible, but like she wouldn't have been able to recover and participate in time if it hadn't been for the delayed year. And they were talking about how, how much like that extra training, like she just wouldn't have been able to come if not for that time. And like she had time to, you know, be with her kid and then train for the Olympics. And then there was another athlete on the men's team, Taylor Saunders, who had injuries and then, because of the extra time, was able to participate and be the captain of the team again. So hmm. there have been athletes that, you know, took advantage of the extra time that wouldn't have been able to come. So I think that was a plus if we're trying to look for silver lining on the mm-hmm. pandemic Olympics. Also, a highlight for me, I got to say, we got to keep skateboarding. It's mm. so fun. It's so fun. And I know people are like, oh, the the athletes are too young. I'm like, okay, we've had like 12-year-old oh, divers whatever. for years. And I'm not saying that's good, but like, the 13-year-olds are fine. Let them win gold medals in skateboarding in the Olympics. Yeah, you're just jealous that they're good. Right. You know? The outfits are so fun. The yes. tricks are so fun. Yes. I love watching like a 40-year-old compete with like a 13-year-old. Love that. I just think it's a really fun event and uh, we have to keep it going forward. Agreed. My last highlight just from this past week, Tom Daly, who is a very famous uh, diver from Great Britain. He just won the gold. Um, He went viral this week for knitting and his like knitting projects. First, he went viral because he knitted a little pouch for his gold medal that he won. And then he was watching the women's diving and he was knitting in the stands. And (laughs) people were like, oh, that's like really charming, whatever, like really cute. But it turns out if you go to his Instagram, the things that he knits are incredible. He's not just doing like he's not just doing like a cardigan that's like stripes or like one color. He knitted the Olympic rings into the back of this cardigan. He's got like (laughs) words on it. It's like an extremely flattering (laughs) fit, which like you never ever see with like home knitted things I'm always like okay like that looks like trash like it's very lumpy that's how I feel when I might see my friends knit things um no it's very flattering it's like has all this I'm like I don't know wow. how you can be a gold medalist diver and also be like this incredible knitter it seems like those are two different <laughs> yeah. hand body coordination things yeah um but I was like wow you've got a backup career when the diving thing like doesn't work out anymore. Tom Daly, open your Etsy shop. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. That would be first popular. in line. That's, really good. So that's, it's like the opposite of like Taylor Swift's embroidery. Her blankets. Skills. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no exactly. Exactly. Also, you know, I always say that like the, uh, you follow a bunch of Olympians on Instagram during the Olympics and then it's yes. like a question of which ones stick around right. after the Olympics. I will be following Tom Daly's knitting pursuits beyond okay. Tokyo 2021. Nice. I love that. Yeah. He's nice. made it. He's made the cut. <laughs> what are some other highlights, Amelia? You know what? I'm just going to say it. Uh, Simone Biles, she came back from her twisties and she won bronze on Mm -hmm. the balance beam, which was incredible. It was great. Also, if you are so inclined, if you want to learn more about all the crap that she had to go through um, in terms of the U.S. gymnastics team and how they let a predator thrive for decades, I highly suggest watching Athlete a on Netflix or at the heart of gold on HBO Max. I've seen them both and they're both 
really great documentaries. They will enrage you and disgust you, but you will appreciate her comeback even more after all of this. And it's just, you know, she's iconic and we mm-hmm. love her. And I'm just so happy that she was able to to meddle um, in this event. You know? Agreed. 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 Love her. And then also, I have a question for everyone. What was your favorite moment from these games? I guess they're not entirely over, but thus far. Um, This is going to sound really perhaps dumb, but the sportsman-like conduct that these athletes all have for one another is actually incredible. I maybe am too salty of a person. I don't know how (laughs) they can be so competitive in order to like compete at their level and also so generous and kind when things either don't work out or do work out. Like someone from Qatar and someone from Italy finished in the men's high jump competition and they tied and they could have gone into a jump off to decide the winner. And then they both decided to just share the gold and they like hugged it out. I love it. I didn't know that was an option. And I was like, (laughs) why don't we do this more? Me neither. Me neither. It was amazing. And then I watched someone, there is this triathlon runner in the like female competition and someone from Norway or someone from Belgium came in like dead last. And then this woman from Norway like came up to her. The woman who finished last was like hysterically crying in the corner, so upset with herself. And then the woman from Norway was like, you're a fucking fighter. Like, yeah, yeah. Like hyping her up post-competition just to be like, you know, you finished. Like, that's amazing in and of itself. So basically, I'm just a lot of nice people out there and a lot of like, you know, just nice international relations happening. (laughs) Yeah. I like... I'll say that mine are like all the videos of the hometowns watching their oh, people yeah. win. Like any video of like in a high school gym of like high school, you know, former high school classmates or like I've seen a lot of like hometown diners like watching yep. swimmers or whatever. And just like as they realize like they're about to win and like more and more people stand up and then all of a sudden they're like, ah! <laughs> I just can never, never get enough of those. Uh, so I'm true. very obsessed with beautiful. just watching, watching people watch events. Yes. <laughs> there should be like a channel on Peacock that's just watching people. That's yeah, just loops through all the people yeah. cheering <laughs> yeah. for their favorites. Yeah, it's just very sweet, very heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah, love that. Amelia, do you have a favorite moment? I mean, it's got to be Suni Lee taking home the gold, oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, your hometown girl. Right. I Because nothing, like I said before, nothing good ever happens in terms <laughs> of sports for us. So this was big, you know? There Amelia, you go. Congrats. if you're going to get on TikTok, now is the time. She's big on TikTok. Oh All the God. teens are making content around her. She's commenting on almost everyone. She's like really one with the her fans on I TikTok. It's really funny. Okay, I might have to. Okay, let's keep going. Let's do Not Worth the Tea this week in social media and miscellaneous. Let's see if we can get through this category. It's a bit of a weird one this week. It always is. I hand it to you. Starting strong. Uh, This was my fault for sharing this in our work chat. This was assigned to me after I shared it. So Megan Thee Stallion performed at Lollapalooza this past week. You know, whether or not that was safe, it's something that a lot of artists did and it happened. And an ASL interpreter, uh, an American Sign Language interpreter, went very viral for her interpretation of WAP. It was Kelly Curdy. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen like the sign language interpreters mm-hmm. for live music shows, but it's very much a mix of ASL and sort of dancing and like mm. just trying to get I love that. You know, anyone who's non-hearing in the crowd like involved in the set. It's I think a very specific skill set. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. It's and a awesome. performance in its yes. yeah. So obviously WAP uh, is a song, you know, about sex, very uh, graphic. And Kelly Curdy did not pull any swings. She really went for it. I really can't describe it. I recommend you look it up if you're above the age of 18. And she was interpreting WAP in all sorts of ways using very creative hand signs. Part ASL, part just human anatomy <laughs> and uh honestly hats off she, she did a great job killed it yeah. to be honest it's yeah. not an easy it's actually an impossible song to pull off for almost yes. anyone it's why Megan Stallion is who she is but um she did great I gotta say she also did. I think it would have been weirder had there been a stiff person totally signing, yes. you know totally. in a way that didn't yeah. match the the vibe of the song right, right. you so, gotta go for it yeah and totally. she did she I did a great that. job yes Okay, also this weekend, just miscellaneous, there is a new movie coming out with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And it's like an action movie. It's kind of just like a female John Wick where, Mm. you know, she gets poisoned and she has to kill someone in 24 hours before she dies. Classic. Um, But Mm. the name of the movie is called Kate. 
And nice. I knew this was coming out, obviously, <laughs> because one, I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and two, because my name is Kate. And in the trailer, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be quite so... Like, every 20 seconds, they would be like, Kate, you're a nightmare. Or they would be like, Kate... <laughs> And then, like, say something else. And it was like they were really trying to pretend like the name Kate was, like, really special. You know, like, Amelie or, mm. you know, I guess Carrie or, like, that's not special. But, like, Tarzan. <laughs> you know, there are all these other movies where, like, they have these very creative one-name <laughs> titles. And I'm just like, I don't think Kate is there. I don't... Yes, I Kate, think it is. I uh, think their search engine optimization <laughs> for this movie is going to be really difficult. Uh, oh. Google, Google is not going to know you know what, what to come up with it's like this is not Lolita this is not you know what I mean like this is Kate <laughs> so, Kate is special to us it, yeah. it is and also I love the name Kate I think it's a great name so. thank you thank yeah, you Kate. I just worry I worry for their PR tour uh, as someone who that was is like true. Kate, Kate H in every class in elementary school sure. because I was yeah. one of several That's Kates hard. I'm like I yeah. don't and I just feel weird. I'd, you don't hear. I mean, I guess it's a common name, but I just don't hear it in movies that often. I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I just felt very shine. attacked. I felt yeah. attacked by this, uh, and I'm processing my feelings. That's okay. Funny. Speaking of movie trailers, two came out. I cannot believe I was last to come to the outline again this week, and I cannot believe no one put this in. I'm shocked, but I'm making us talk about it. One is the He's All That trailer, the Addison Ray movie that we like have been talking on and off about for now months. Mm. It's coming out very soon. It's uh. August 27th on Netflix. So you bet your ass we're going to be covering it on Tea Time. But the trailer came out and we've seen clips. Obviously, this is not the first time we talked about it, but we're just, um, I don't know how to feel. And I think we're all getting more lost by the second. Uh, our main takeaways from this trailer, I think, was Rachel Lee Cook is Addison Ray's mom. She looks phenomenal. She perhaps Incredible. looks younger than I did not Addison even Ray. recognize she her. Looks she, looks, she looks 25 years old. She looks so good. She mm-hmm. looks amazing. Courtney Kardashian is in it. And which one of you, like, we couldn't decide if she was playing herself or a That's character. What, yeah, I can't figure that out either. I don't understand what in what context they could possibly have for Kourtney Kardashian playing herself <laughs> in this movie. Like, That's it's true. Just, so then I'm like, she has to be playing a character, but then she looks and sounds exactly like Kourtney Kardashian. Nothing has changed. And it begs the question, is that her lack of acting skills or is this really, or, or is she playing a parody of a Kourtney Kardashian person? I have no oh, idea. I honestly can't wait to find out. That's probably what I'm looking forward to most in this yes. movie. And then Kate, I know you have one bone to pick and we can talk about this when we inevitably cover it for cringe mode. The... Man plus haircut is equal and of girls plus takes off glasses. Mm. Can you go through that a bit? You know, in the original, she's all that. Rachel Lee Cook, you know, has glasses on. She's got the low pony. She's, you know, supposed to be this nerd. It's the classic, you know, girl takes off glasses, becomes very hot. But the guy in this movie, whose name is Paget, Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, we can unpack that later. Uh, He is like a skater boy. He's like kind of an asshole. He's kind of scruffy. He's got long hair and a beanie. And then when she turns him hot, he gets a haircut. He shaves. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, shouldn't it be the opposite? Like, don't (laughs) guys get hotter when they grow their hair out and like get a little scruff? Even worse. Is that just me? Addison Ray's name is Paget. Just as a little correction. Yes, I'm on the IMDb. I'm on Google. She is playing Paget. So that's Paget. Oh, wow. That was such a choice. Wow. That's (laughs) even worse. Um, well, Paget makes over the sky. <laughs> and I just don't, I don't know. I mean, he, yeah. he does look better after the haircut. The wig that they gave I him was guess. really bad beforehand. Yeah. But yeah. I just question that like that's, is that the like glasses off suddenly hot thing? It's just getting right. a haircut, I guess. It's right. confusing. Haircuts it's confusing. do make or break a situation, but yeah. And then the other trailer that reminded <laughs> me so much joy, I rewatched it again this morning, <laughs> is the new Cinderella so we knew this was, again, we knew this was coming. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. Camila Cabello is going to be Cinderella, but it's a new take. She's a businesswoman this time, you guys. Girl boss. Girl <laughs> boss Cinderella. And I got to give credit to Hunter Harris's tweet that made me laugh out loud. That was like, CEO Cinderella. Like, got to be <laughs> kidding me. This is, I I just had a great time watching this. She's a businesswoman. It's She has a business called Dresses by Ella. Nice. Um, she's just trying to make it in this world. Uh, Adina Menzel is playing the evil stepmom. Josh Brolin is the king. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Porter is the fairy godmother. James Corden is one of the mice that come to mind. Of course he is. Of course. You guys probably can predict your feelings about. Yeah. Um, but, 
Okay, so there's a little bit of humor in the trailer. You know, a couple funny lines. Knowing Camila Cabello on TikTok, she is funny. And I believe that. <laughs> it's just the premise that is like, oh my God. She essentially, <laughs> what this new take on the story is, is everyone wants her to marry the prince, like including her evil stepmom. And she's like, but my work, I can't. I can't be just a face and a dead wavy. And I need to be my own woman. Which... It's true. But if she had any smart, she would know that, you know, with that budget, she can bring her business boom into life. So she really should be marrying him. So we don't, I don't know if we're going to cover this. I don't really (laughs) want to, but I just had to tell you guys that that is coming and you can choose to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, We've done a lot of uh, Cinderella adaptations. I don't know that we need to do this one, but maybe we'll see. We'll keep an open mind. Agreed. (laughs) Uh, Amelia, what do you got? So I'm not watching the Gossip Girl reboot. Are you guys watching it? No, I had plans to. And then as soon as it started like actually airing, I realized that I had no intention of doing so. Yeah, <laughs> so. totally. I get that. Yeah. So it, the, the new Gossip Girl apparently has a lot of cultural references, which I think is fun. They make fun of Jamila mm-hmm. Jamil, which is fun, I think. They had um, a good one about the Imagine video, too. Oh, OK. I saw on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Well, and then in this in a recent episode, they refer to Sookie Waterhouse, who is Robert Pattinson's girlfriend. And she also, she infamously was photographed with Bradley Cooper reading Lolita in the in a park. And they oh, were like wow. sitting on top of each other. It was very, yeah, I, I'll tweet out photos. But anyway, so this girl talks to another girl and she's like, as far as the press is concerned, he's our Pats and you're Sookie nobody. And so they, uh, yeah, they were calling Sookie Waterhouse a nobody. And I guess she took umbrage with this because she, in in now deleted tweets, she says, another day to be reminded that women can be the patriarchy. And then she tagged Gossip Girl and the, like, I think a writer on Gossip Girl. And um, also, I just want to say I said it that way because she literally was like, another day, return. To be reminded, return. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a haiku, kind of. Wow. Um, so, but anyway, and so she was upset that she was called a nobody. But here's the thing, and I'm, correct me if I'm wrong or if you guys have a different take, but babe, you are a nobody. And <laughs> I say this as a, a, a bigger nobody than you. But like, Which is how not... you know that you're objective about it. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like, why are you getting mad when you are a nobody? I just, I, I see, I don't get that. I just, and, and again, it's like they're using the whole, it's a trend where it's like, I'm going to be really indignant about this joke because it's making fun of me. And then I'm going to turn it into some misogyny or something when it's like, this isn't actually misogyny. This is just right. you being upset. Right. You can you're look not, at her. You're, right. You're not being discriminated against Suki Waterhouse. Like you're right. Right. fine. Right. Uh, you can look at her IMDb and you can look, I'm reading through a Wikipedia. See? Everyone can decide for themselves what they think. But yeah, also there's nothing, I'm sorry, there's nothing labor than her being really upset about this. Right? If, if it, you know, you gotta be cool online. To be upset that a TV, a very popular TV show called you a nobody only brings more attention to the fact that, that you are most nobody. people think you're a nobody. Exactly. So she should have just laid on it. You know what I mean? Just like. Totally. Yeah. Doesn't it's matter. Also, she's fine. She's with Robert Pat. Like the whole point right? of being cool model whatever person in the society is like that you don't care about things like that exactly you gotta you can't you can't be out here trying this hard yeah that's all you have going for you yeah i mean i would i would understand if the person was a somebody but girl you you are literally nobody and i don't (laughs) mean that for you amelia yeah just watch okay that's fine with me honestly whatever um and then the next one then the the next one i just want to say um this has been a huge summer for team ben affleck you know it's (laughs) it's lonely here but uh there are some of us um you know what it finally pays off because not only is he yachting around europe with j-lo Matt Damon is canceled. And um, a lot of you have sent me the, the some guy's tweet that was like, only one can thrive while the other, <laughs> I don't know, languishes. Um, and it's true because Matt Damon, he decided to do an interview with the Sunday Times and he thought saying an anecdote about how he used 
the anti-gay f-word slur would be cute or so i don't understand i just that is the biggest thing is like how in what world do you think this is like a fun story for literally anyone Right. I don't get Incred- that. Like all time unforced error up it, there right. with, I don't know, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Like, why do you guys yeah, exactly. do? I, I mean, I guess I'm glad that we know that they're that's, trash. That's but, true. Like, that's true. It's, it's just incredible to watch these men do this to themselves. Yeah, exactly. And so he was saying like, oh, my gosh, I, I used a joke with the slur and my daughter, good for her, called him out on it and wrote him like an essay about it. And then he said in the interview, he was like, I said, I retire the F slur. And I was like, OK, girl, stop. Um, And then afterwards, after he faced justified backlash, he decided to come out with a statement that said, "I no, I do not use slurs of any kind. And it's like, what are you? He was like, this conversation with my daughter was not a personal awakening. I I never use slurs. I I was like, did you read back your other interview? Because that's what you said. What is the truth? Oprah gif. You know, I just don't. We know. We know. We know the truth. And he he said shitty things about Me Too movement. Yes. It's just. Yeah. And that was years. Yeah. And he'll be fine in six months. Which is so. We can't let that happen. America, okay? Yeah. And again, Team Ben, not <laughs> <Yep>. Team Matt. <laughs> that's Thank the takeaway. That I is the takeaway. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> Thanks. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says, Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus. View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay, let's cleanse the pod. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to cringe mode. Princess Diaries 2. We did Princess Diaries 1 last Mm. week. So if you're dying for that content, you just go to last week's episode. Um, But this is the second installment. Royal Engagement came out in 2004. Some returning people, some new cast members that I think we're very excited about. Kate, do you want to give a brief synopsis of the movie? I would. It's, you know, not as good as the first one in almost every way. But it's still fun. Uh, It's five years later, which we will discuss. Uh, (laughs) Princess Mia is poised to take over the throne of Genovia, but some dumb rule that I still don't really understand means that she has to get married because a woman can't rule by herself. So she is weirdly open to this, and she very quickly chooses and gets engaged to this guy named Andrew, who is some duke from England. And unfortunately, the plan goes astray because Chris Pine who is also in line to the throne due to some random rule, some Genovian rule, Mm. uh, pops up and it's just, you know, you just getting in her face, getting on her nerves in a sexy way. And uh, (laughs) he ends up, his uncle is like conspiring for the throne. They end up falling in love. She ends up at the altar deciding that she doesn't want to marry the other guy. 
Um, she likes Chris Pine. And then it turns out that they don't actually have to get married. Nobody has to get married. And uh, Julie Andrews marries Joe instead. Sorry, that yes. was a rough one. <laughs> no, that was good. That was but great. The scripted the whole, end of that. Are so good. Good job. I always forget that I have to do that. I don't know how. Every time. It's a surprise Every time. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do the highlights. I personally liked the European just culture scramble that is Genovia. <laughs> Obviously, it's a made-up place, but a lot of Google questions about is Genovia real, which I worry about, but I understand a lot of small <laughs> European countries. Apparently, was, I read one thing that was like, it's a base a little bit on Monaco, which is between France and Italy. I read another thing that was based on Andorra, which is a small oh. country between France and Spain. Anyway, it also told me that Genovia is a member of the EU, but more importantly, <laughs> it has a really nice coastline and it has this nice little town square. It's like just very cutesy European small town. And yeah. I really enjoyed... There's like a lot of French thrown in there. So yes. it's probably somewhere close there. A lot of mysterious accents. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was just a mosh pit <laughs> and a real melting pot. So yeah. Yeah, it was cute. I'm going to move this up just because it relates. I had it in low lights. But there's a Panera Bread in the city square. <laughs> there is? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was SpawnCon and they were like, wow. we have to get a Panera in there like for the money. But in the first like <laughs> 10 minutes of the movie, they're like going through Genovia and they literally drive by a Panera Bread. Also, <laughs> when they fly into Genovia, there's a scene where it's like the plane is landing and like the Air Force control guys are waving the things. And it's horrible CGI. It's like yeah. the kind of CGI you see when like they're developing a mall and like they have like the little pictures of the people yeah. like walking around yeah. the mall and what it's going to look like like it looked like that yeah. um so yeah. just the genovia place setting was <laughs> impeccable yeah apparently it was filmed in southern california a bit disappointing <laughs> but uh we can dream uh, about it yes amelia what's your highlight there was a moment in the kind of the beginning of the movie when they're going through all the eligible bachelors and they're looking at photos and they're ranking all of them i thought I thought this was a really fun scene. Yeah. Um, however, I think on another scene, like after this like ranking of the Bachelor photos, would have been fun if it was like a dating montage, like an awkward dating montage yes. a la mm-hmm. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I would have loved that. I think it was really ripe for that, but we didn't get it, you know? So that's I it. agree. completely agree. I love that movie too. Maybe we could do that one. Oh, yes. Ooh, yeah. When we get done with He's All That, we'll need some good ones for a cover. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, another highlight in this movie, there are several things that like I remember when I first saw this movie in theaters, like really stuck with me. One of them was the closet reveal. Mm. The Clarice, the queen, is showing Mia her suite and she shows her her closet. And it's very like James Bond technology where she like presses a remote mm-hmm. and like the jewelry slides out and the clothes slide out and like the, you know, the doors open up. And then Lily ultimately pops out, which is annoying because I don't like <laughs> Lily very much. But the closet <laughs> itself, the whole montage with that is really fun. The other thing that really stuck with me uh, that I remember just being obsessed with when I first saw this was the princess slumber party where they do the mattress surfing. uh, And they just literally are like at the stairwell and there's like this big slidey part in the middle and I don't know why or how that exists uh, in a castle. But they're (laughs) literally just like taking mattresses and just surfing Mm -hmm. down and like Julie Andrews like stands on the mattress and like slides down and there's like a musical number and I just, I'm like, damn, I want to have a slumber party with princesses from all over the world. World. I love that they cut, they do Julie Andrews right at the top <laughs> and then they cut to very clearly yeah. a body double and yes. she's like this. <laughs> like Julie Andrews wasn't doing that right. all the no. way down two flights no. of stairs. And, and they like zoom into her face and she's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. like, acting. Weird fancy head cape is like flowing. <laughs> yes. Also, did her you guys form- notice formal pajamas at the end of the movie, there were mattresses underneath like the her when they were. When they were doing the exchange of the crown, there were uh-huh. mattresses there. So is this country like really into mattresses? Are they known maybe. for maybe. making mattresses? I don't know. Some Genovian lore. Yeah. For you there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking of the wedding, I just think the wedding swap at the end was really cute. I never mm-hmm. liked the like ditching at the altar storyline. I just like yeah. <laughs> we've talked about this in terms of uh, public proposals. And also, what other movie do we do where someone ditch someone at the altar and I was like I would simply get married me too oh, what? Yeah. the wedding planner just, 
Yes. And I was like, I literally would never, ever ditch someone at the altar. Like, it just would get married, tough it out for a couple of years, like have an amicable divorce. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, annulment. Yeah. 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 But that's still how I feel here. I'm like, I would just get married. But the swap at the end is really cute. There's no wedding. And then all of a sudden, Joe, who's like been trying to get Clarice to marry him for the past two movies, she suddenly is like, I'm ready. They get married instead. Anne Hathaway in her wedding dress is like standing at the side holding the flowers. <laughs> They're like, everyone's already here. So I thought that was cute. Yeah, that is cute. I also like that they did a, like a little foot pop callback yes. in the first one, but did not address it out loud, which I think is the best mm-hmm. way to do it. It was such Subtle. a big plot line in the first movie. Yeah. When you have true love, when you kiss the right person, your foot pops just like all the rom-coms. And that's what Mia wanted this whole time. And mm-hmm. then she kisses the print or the whatever royal guy, Chris Pine. Her <laughs> foot pops. That means it's true love after she's been kind of like betrothed to this other guy this whole right. time. So. Like that. Let's do some low lights now. Amelia. Okay. No offense, but if she has been doing this whole royal thing for five years, if we are made to believe this is five years after the first movie, why does she seem so amazed by everything and like act like she's never received the royal treatment? She's like, jewels? Oh my God. And you're like, girl, what? Right. Also, when she's like, this is my room? Yeah. Haven't you stayed in this castle at all in the last five years? It has it been under construction for five years? I don't think so. She probably stayed in some nice room, you know? Yeah. Right. Doesn't exactly. make any sense. Exactly. I also have questions about this timeline. <laughs> Please tell me if I missed something. But this is what they tell you. So five years later, the first movie, she's 15. Okay. Right. She's like, what? A sophomore in high school? Yeah. Five years later, she's 20. She, this movie starts, she's graduating college. Okay. <laughs> graduating from college. As far as we know, like a regular college, not like a two-year program, like right. college. Right. She also t- is catching us up on her friends. And Lily, who was in her year at age 15, is like, <laughs> she's a grad student. I was like, wait. She's really a smart. grad student at 20? <laughs> at Berkeley, no at, less. At, at Berkeley, I know. And, and then I'm like, okay, well, maybe Mia was in Genovia, you know, being a princess. But clearly, she's never set foot in this castle before, at least spent right. the night. So she spent a lot of time. <laughs> I just like, I don't, it's I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know how she graduated in two years. She's not very good at school in the first movie. So like something must have True. happened. She basically almost <laughs> failed PE. How right. is she like getting, yeah, how is she completing all that? I don't know. I don't know. But these are some geniuses. Apparently. <laughs> yes, apparently. I also feel in general, like they just should have utilized Lily more. So she, yes, mm. she's a grad student at Berkeley. She's presumably there for the summer or something like that. They should have either, I feel like, gone down the the line of like Lily and Mia are experiencing Genovia all kind of hand Ooh. in hand and being like, oh, dating is hard. Maybe Lily dates someone or tries whatever ends up. But she, they don't do that. Or they just shouldn't have brought her back because she's in like four scenes. She has yeah. like three total lines and she moves the plot line nowhere. She's just basically there next to the queen's help, uh, like assistant, head of staff. Mm-hmm. And she just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't move the needle for me. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know why he signed on. Maybe the writer's going to have done something or maybe brought back Michael. I don't know. Ooh, I just yeah. didn't feel like they did enough with her. They should have used Raven. Raven should have been like her <gasps> friend in the palace. She's yeah. already there for like the first event. Raven yeah. is in this movie. In case you guys didn't know, I was going to talk uh, about yeah, that right. later. <laughs> but have her be like an ambassador there for the summer. She yeah. can be like her friend getting up to mischief with her at the palace. She can comment on boys. She can help her right. sneak out. And like, she's already there. We don't need Lily. And she can be like, like oh, Lily. dating yeah. royals. Ha ha. So hard. Yeah. But Lily's right. just, they are doing nothing. Oh, I don't know. Felt I weird. Agree. But, yeah. Um, next one, Amelia. Um, okay, so I, this is this is very small bone to pick, but I was watching the talent portion of the slumber party, which was fun, and they have the two maids who keep reappearing in this film, and they're cute and fun. And I just want to say, did anyone else think it ended on such a dark note when they were singing like a version of "I've Been Working on the Railroad" and they go, "Can't you hear the bells a shouting? Maids, go do your chores." And I was like damn this was a cute song and then I comprehended the lyrics and I was like oh god maids go do your chore like just that was sad for me the maid storyline is a little dark like when they first meet her and she's like you don't need to curtsy like that and they're like oh would you like a different type of curtsy and then they're like frantically curtsying in the background for like 30 seconds because they like don't want to disappoint her like oh my god and then Mia's like how do you turn them off I'm like please Talk to them. Right. Uh, Yeah. Exactly. Rude. Very rude. I feel like as a general low light to end on, it's just 
the sparkle of the first mm. one that makes it so iconic. There was something not there in the second one. Mm-hmm. I I just, something about it. I think yeah. it's just more entertaining and more fun to watch Mia not be kind of, like watching her be kind of the queen or whatever, the heir to the throne and picking orphan children off from the street. Be like, hey, little girl, everyone can be a princess. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Yeah. Just, just doesn't have the shine that the first That's one so did. Do you guys true. agree? Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, we can we can talk about this later. Maybe like, I guess in MVPs or now. But Anne Hathaway just doesn't get the chance to be as funny in this movie. Yeah. And because she's not a mess. She's very capable and yep. she's very competent. And like right. she messes things up, but then they're like real world things. And then she's mm-hmm. really sad about them as opposed to, you know, vomiting after her speech in high school or like, right. you know, and it's just like she doesn't get quite the comedic chops of the first yeah. one, I don't think. Agreed. Agreed. What do you guys think has aged the best and the worst? I think this aged pretty well. The screenplay is by Shonda Rhimes. Wow. A person called Shonda Rhimes. Hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Like, what a weird connection. And then I was like, oh, is that why Julie Andrews is the voice of oh. Lady Whistledown in Bridgerton? Like, the narrator of Bridgerton. Is that, hmm. did they, like, bond over Probably. the Princess Diaries to a royal engagement? <laughs> yeah. And now... And now they're like secret BFFs who work together well, on things. I don't know if they are, but that's what I've decided. Well, uh, Julie Andrews' voice is royalty. Oh, it's just like perfect. Perfect. So I'm, yeah, <laughs> this makes perfect. total sense. But yeah. she's like kind of weird about her projects, you know? So I was like, that's maybe true. she just likes Shonda. Oh. I mean, we all like Shonda, but true. who knows? I love that. Who knows? Hmm. Amelia? You know, this is more, I guess it's probably leans on the side of age the worst. It's really a matter of perspective though. Um, When I'm going back to the scene early on where they're showing photos of all the eligible bachelors and a a hot picture of Prince William showed up with a full head of hair. And I laughed out loud. I was like, wow, (laughs) I seriously, it's just wild to me how much he has changed. And I'm, I'm not, knocking aging because that that happens but I mean the man looked completely different and <laughs> he was like a big deal I remember like when I was growing up and people were like he is so hot and nowadays everyone's <laughs> like he is so nasty uh, sorry but <laughs> and I wonder if this is like the equivalent of you know how people are like oh I remember when OJ Simpson was like an incredible running back in the 70s and now he's just like known for being an alleged murderer and you know I wonder if this is like the same kind of sorry but you know (laughs) I wonder if this is kind of the same also they were just absolutely thirsting all over him which I do get he was the biggest whatever eligible bachelor in the royal sphere they're all talking about but then you know a lot of stories have come out in the last couple decades about him so I feel like she probably dodged a bullet with that one because Princess Mia could be with Prince William right now Wow. Wow. Um, What has aged the best to you, Amelia? You know what? I'm going to say Princess Mia, she perfected the media beach walk with a British person before Taylor Swift made her debut with Tom Hiddleston. Do you remember those photos? So true. Yes. Yeah. There's a scene. They're walking around a beach and there are a lot of photographers. And I was just like, whoa, I had a like a visceral reaction. I was like, oh my God, this is like totally (laughs) Taylor Swift and Hiddleston in upstate Maine or wherever they were. Yeah. This is also goes back to your matter of perspective comment, but I do kind of get Chris Pine and his like quote unquote evil uncle. Yes. Where they're coming from because their whole point, like Chris Pine and his uncle are trying to sabotage Mia so that he can take the throne. And he makes a couple valid points of why it should be him and not Mia. He's like, I grew up here. I know all the people here. This is my hometown. This is my life. You, Mia, have been here what seems like maybe two to three times over the last five years. She knows nothing about the people, the culture, what makes it so amazing. She has maybe a two-year business degree. (laughs) Right, exactly. And I'm like, I kind of get maybe Chris Pine should rule because he makes more sense. But Seems more qualified. (laughs) Extremely. And I did not exactly side with Mia. She's pretty baseless that she wants to take over that throne. You know, having not, no experience. It's true. Uh, It's true. The next category <laughs> that we do Let's is- Let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. Is typically MVP. I, like I said, approached this outline late last night. And this was the only thing blank. This outline was almost, how many pages? Five, almost five pages and MVP was blank. Guys, what happened? Is there no MVP here? Well, listen, we talked about Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews last movie. And right. they their work in the first one is so much better than this one. So it's like, we can't really put either of them 
Yeah. Uh, my guy Hector Elizondo, he's mm. good, but he has kind of like a whiny friend zone plot in this oh, movie yeah. where he's mm-hmm. like, "Please marry me, and <laughs> if you you deserve it." And you know, it's like, okay, she knows what she wants to do. Relax. <laughs> um, and then I guess Chris Pine. Should we give it to Chris Pine? But like, Chris Pine um, is not even his full potential. Chris Pine right, in this movie, yeah. right? That's what but, we're, I mean. We can. I guess we can talk about that in the lightning round. I agree. He's like the only one I can think of. That See, deserves this. I wanted to give it to the uncle, but I legitimately was like, what is that guy's name? And then I <laughs> didn't want to look it up because I was too lazy. And then I was like, you know, sure. he doesn't deserve it if I don't even remember his name. <laughs> so I think true. it's Jonathan Reese Myers, right? I only know because I think he's wait, in Lord of the Rings. Wait. No, John Reese Davies. <laughs> John Reese Davies. Sorry, wrong Reese. Uh, <laughs> John Reese Davies. He's in Lord of the Rings, right? Yes, I'm sorry, he's Gimli. The, the fact that there are two John Reese's. He is. Uh, it's yeah, Gimli. Gimli. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh my that. god! Maybe I want to get it to the MVP now. I love <laughs> let's give it. Let's give it to Chris Pine and okay, talk fine. about sure, him. Sure, sure, fine. All right, lightning round. <laughs> okay, Kate, you want to take this? Sure. Is this Chris Pine's best role? Yes. Wow, Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's right. You heard it here first. I am so shocked he pulled himself out of this <laughs> rut. <laughs> Good for you, Chris Pine. You like really put yourself out there as a bona fide, like hot actor man now. But this did him no favors. I'm sorry. It's true. He has gotten <laughs> at least 10 times hotter since this movie. Correct. Which like this whole movie like revolves around the fact that he's so hot that like she literally can't control herself <laughs> in the face of like a country's future. Um, so the fact that like this is like his low end of the hot spectrum is really says a lot about him. Mm. Um yeah, no, this is not his best role. I was trying no. to think of what is, but I just know it's not this. Okay, well, right. To each her own. <laughs> uh, what would you want to see if they made The Princess Diaries 3? A lot of varying answers <laughs> to this question, Amelia. I would love to see the abolishment of the monarchy and she has to like go through this whole thing where she's like, I just, I'm not ready to give it up. And then at the end, she's like, you know what? We're moving on to the 21st century, baby. Let's get rid yep. of this crap. Yep. Bold. Bold. That would be I, a short movie. <laughs> I would like Michael to return from tour. Ooh. Uh, realizes he has been the one all along. Nice. He, Amer- I guess they're both American and they both like are outsiders, but he, Meghan Markle's the Genovian monarchy. Yeah. They move back to the Bay in some nice, beautiful Montecito-like estate. And then they have Archie Jr. Jr. <laughs> I it- love that. Could be good. That's I great. hate Michael, but that would be really good. I would watch yeah. that. My answer was that I just want like six seasons of The Crown, mm. but it's with Princess Mia, Queen Mia in Genovia. And honestly, like they could just use the crown and then just use one of those like deep fake apps to put Anne Hathaway's face on Claire Mm -hmm. Foy uh, and just like pretend that that's just like the Genovian future, the Genovia, the history of Genovia. I would watch it. I I would watch it. Me too. Uh, What's the best cameo in this movie? (laughs) Lindsay Lohan's I Decide at the tail end of this film. Really good. <laughs> it is. Um, I'm giving it to Stan Lee as a crotchety oil, old royal that comes in for five seconds at the end. Yeah, why is he actually this? in this? I didn't recognize him. I didn't you see guys, him. No, yeah. yeah, I saw him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Why? Why is no he in clue? It's very weird. Uh, um, I was gonna say Raven, but we already talked about her again. Just great, <laughs> great little appearance. Yeah, uh, and then also Abigail Breslin is the small Genovian child yes. uh, that Anne Hathaway stops uh, and defends from bullies and like walks in a parade with. Iconic. Um, so good early role for Abigail. <laughs> um, what is the best two thousands clothing or accessory item? Oh wait, also did you notice that Abigail's brother was also yes. in this film too as the little really? twerp of a prince. I thought he was flirting. too small beans to bring up. I'm so happy you said that. That's so funny. Yes, I looked into that last night. Yeah. I love him. He was in a couple other roles that he I watched. Was. I don't know how I recognize him, but yeah. yeah. Wow. Deep Good cut, you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, not to totally no, that's navigate great. away. Um, what's your favorite clothing item? I would say, this is early on in the film, Mia is rocking a freaking poncho. Do you yes. remember those? Yes. She styles it with flares and underneath the flares, she is, you can zoom in and she's wearing goddamn pink Uggs. It's so good. It doesn't get better <laughs> than so that. Good. I was probably wearing that when I saw this movie. I was probably <laughs> yeah. sitting in the theater in my pink striped poncho yes. from, I don't know, the children's place and just <laughs> crushing it watching this movie. 
Uh, Liz, what were your favorites? I liked the cardigans that were like mini robes mm. because they had this like also cardigan material, like waistband tie situation. Yes. Those were all the rage. Aged you like 20 years every time you put one on, but I wore them a lot. It was a moment in time. Very comfy though. I like them. Yes. There are probably like 50 costume changes in this movie. Anne Hathaway wears so many outfits and she has so many different like pre-Kate Middleton princess fits. Like the pink, like brocade, just like blazer fits and like the suit dresses uh, and the hats and all of that. And I just was like, did Kate Middleton watch it? Like, has Kate Middleton seen this movie? Because, <laughs> you know, this came out in 2004. Kate started dating William in 2003. So like mm. lines right up. If she was looking for like pre-princess attire, like there's just no better place to go. That's true. Um, so true. And, you know, she's doing athletic activities. There's like a, you know, she's like shooting the flaming arrows and stuff. I was like, this reminds me of some of those pictures of Kate playing sports with children. Like in heels. Playing yep. sport. Think about it. Yeah. Yep. Think about it. But yeah, not as good as the first one, but still fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have no plan for next week. I don't think. We will think of something for another <laughs> cringe mode. Because uh, we got no more Princess Diaries, right? I guess that's why we asked for about yeah. three. Correct. All right. Correct. Let's move on to the last category. Tea Time's unanswerable questions. Kate. So there was a, a headline tweet going around this week uh, that said... It took three to five hours in hair and makeup to turn Lily James into Pamela Anderson for the new series that she's in where she plays Pam Anderson. And people were like, oh my God, three to five hours in hair and makeup to turn into Pamela Anderson. And my question is, is that supposed to be a surprising amount of time? I feel like if you're a woman dressing up with a full face of makeup, a full Mm. blowout, going anywhere... Yeah, that's, Th- that's a two hour process. This is true. On average. Yep. So yeah. to turn into Pamela Anderson, who has such a like a over the top makeup look, over yep. the top hairstyle, like that's I mean, three hours seems like minimum like that. Yeah. I don't think that's not super surprising to me. It's not like they're doing prosthetics. And if they are, then like those are quick prosthetics to me. Right. You know what I right. mean? I was like, right. this is a totally normal amount of time. If I was going to go to dinner tonight and decided <laughs> to straighten my hair and wear a bunch of makeup, like I would need several hours to yeah. feel presentable. Like yeah. this seems like as a woman going out in the world, like, yeah. you need a couple hours. This is a good time to remind the listeners, Kate's pre-pandemic work routine, <laughs> getting up at the ass crack of dawn to get ready and go to work and be in her desk by 8.30 or, or 8 or whatever it was. You I like get up to at take time. my time. I like to take my time. God. So yeah, I believe you because I've seen it every Guys, day. I gotta yeah. let you in on a secret. The key to being a morning person is to get up earlier than you need to and then just do things really slowly. Damn. That's my, I'm not sure about that's that. too my much wisdom for, me. for you. <laughs> that's too much for me too. But yeah, I just think three to five hours to turn into a woman who wears a lot of makeup with really big hair is just totally unsurprising. And we don't need to be pretending like this is a big news item. Agreed. And also, if you look at the pictures that they've taken of her on set and stuff, like she looks completely different. Like she, and that takes time. Like what do people not understand? That yeah, I know. Like, I'm like, this seems quick. Like, I don't, right? I just think this is a totally reasonable. It's not like they're turning Jennifer Lawrence into Mystique and painting her blue. You right. Know what I mean? exactly. This is like the last, the last one I could think of where she was like, oh my God, it was such torture being in the makeup sure. chair. Yeah. Like, it's fine. She's also, an actress putting on makeup. I'm exactly. pretty sure she has prosthetic boobs to play Pamela Anderson and like that yeah. in and of itself. You want all these things right. to look right. good, people. What do you want? Yeah. Yeah, right, I yeah. Know. They changed the shape of her eyes, everything. It's yeah. yeah. So they're working quick. They're working they, quick. They, <laughs> they are. are. Yeah. They are. Amelia, what's your question? Um, okay, so I feel like I think I'm the only person who watches South Park on this uh podcast, Correct. which is fine. Indeed. Um, but there's a really iconic episode of South Park where they go to the Denver restaurant Casa Bonita, which has like cliff divers and it's like a very supposed to be like a Mexican atmosphere. And in the episode, the character Cartman pretty much kidnaps someone. And it's this whole elaborate ploy just so he can go to Casa Bonita. And I guess during the pandemic, Denver's Casa Bonita, which is what uh, that episode is based on uh, the restaurant there was like, we are shutting down. We don't have enough money and it's probably going to go away forever. And then the creators of South Park, Matt Stone and Trey Parker are like, we want to buy Casa Bonita. <laughs> and so this is really exciting because I love the episode Casa Bonita and I've always wanted to go 
to Denver just to eat at Caspanita. And I, for the people who are from Denver, I've heard the food is horrible. But I just, to experience the atmosphere. And now that the, the creators of South Park are maybe buying it, they might add some fun South Park stuff and memorabilia. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting to me. I'm feeling like, you know, once this whole pandemic is over, knock on wood, I'm going to book my ticket to Denver solely to go visit. Oh my God, you should. I love this. I love this for you. Thank you. you. And so I want to know, have you ever wanted to visit a city solely because of a restaurant? Oh, I I took this more. I misread this and was like, uh, visit a city based on like a movie or TV show. Or, oh, that's a good question too. Yeah. I'm one of those lame people that would really love to go to Scranton at one point, oh. even though I know very little to do with the actual TV show. I know it's somewhere in the valley, the office building, but something about it. And then also more generally, Amelia, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I'm from LA. You would think I wouldn't feel like this, but I just love, I haven't visited it too many times, but I love going to New York because all of their romantic yeah. TV and movies that like... I just picture the streets are like lined with gold, even though I know it's not (laughs) at all like that. Um, But those are my two. Kate, what about you? I love that. I guess like related to how I interpreted this question, I follow a bunch of like random cafes like all over the world on Instagram. Like I'll that. find on the, disco- I get a lot of like food on my discover page. Yes. And I'll be like, Damn, that donut looks good. And then I'll like follow a cafe in like, I don't know, Taiwan. And then like, for some reason for the next year, I'll be looking at pictures of donuts that I literally will never have any chance to try. And I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Why am I like drooling over this donut? That's a world away. And I'll just <laughs> never come close to trying. Um, so that I would, I'm not going to say I'm going to travel to Taiwan just to try a donut, but I do. <laughs> I am very food focused in my travels. Like I love if I'm that. going somewhere, like I, I want to know where to eat. I want to like, just, I definitely, I definitely uh, would travel somewhere to go to a restaurant. Yeah, for sure. That. That's great. My question for this week is uh, related to Obama's 60th birthday bash, which he's currently planning originally had a guest list of 400 people (laughs) and then 200 staff members. And now with the Delta variant, uh, he is cutting it down significantly. So my original question was what celebrities out of 400 people do you think are going or were invited now that he's scaling it back? What celebrities do you think did not make the cut? I'm curious if you guys have thoughts. So I feel like at least like kind of a common way. I know this is not what they did, but I think kind of a common way to scale down events like this is to like cut people's plus ones. So like, what if they were like, we have to choose between Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know, like what if if it's like that? We're like, I mean, it's not, but like you got to choose Beyonce, right? Right. You're kicking Jay-Z out every single time. For sure. Absolutely. Right, I so mean, you have to. So you're going everyone. Nobody gets a plus one. Nobody everyone gets singularly a plus one. gets to go. And okay. if Damn. like both people, like if it's John Legend, like and Chrissy Teigen, like oh, by Chrissy, you know, like <laughs> See you sure. gotta, like you, all the celebrity couples, like you just have to pick one. That's my wow, that's, that's my head cannon for like how this went is like they just had to make hard choices. <laughs> they did. Damn. Amelia, you have thoughts on this? Yeah, I was thinking like you know. I just I feel like the people on the periphery who are like famous, but like, do they know him that well? Like Meryl right, right. Streep, does she know Obama that well? I don't think so. I love that we're just making up people that we think should be invited to this. Well, you yeah, know? I bet she was. If I had to bet my life, I would say she was probably invited to his birthday. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think she just has like an invite to every birthday well, party ever. I True. agree with that. I, I, True. But I think like if he was narrowing down the list and he saw like my dude, Bruce Springsteen, you right. know, who I do a podcast with. Right. Or Meryl <laughs> Streep, who like, you know, maybe we've met once. Maybe I gave her a medal, but like maybe a national treasure. But like you have right. to make hard choices. You really right. do. So I'm thinking, you know, Meryl's going to get the act over Bruce. But I think even if you Google like Obama with celebrities, he's been photographed and shaking hands and hugging literally every celebrity that's ever existed. So I think there's even another class of people (laughs) beyond even her that are getting the cut. Like Justin Timberlake and him are like kind of friends somehow. He's getting the boot. Also, who knows if they got the vaccine. Also, that's what I was going to say. Jessica Biel, you know she's not vaccinated. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Too risky. Um, I'm looking at these photos. He's got, I feel like the David Beckhams of the world are Mm. still going. The real like AAA list. But you know, he's photographed here with Fergie. I do not think Fergie 
is getting this invite Sorry. anymore. You know? No. Right. It's yeah. like, he's friends with so many celebrities. You even have to pair the AAA with like, you know, A. So right. do you we'll yeah. see? Yeah. Do you think, okay. Do you think that like someone like A-Rod, is he mm-hmm. on the list and is he going to survive the cut? Because I don't think so. But like, is J-Lo invited? You know what I mean? And then does yes. Obama have to pick between this feud of J-Lo and Ben or A-Rod and maybe his <laughs> random plus one? I mean, you're going with J-Lo every single time, right? Every time. Yeah. Every time. I, we're projecting onto Obama so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. I bet this will be such a hush-hush event. I bet we'll never see a single photo come out. Right. But we perhaps will see who ends up going. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you so much, Kaya, our producer. And thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Owell. And I'm Amelia Wattemeyer. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.